Hello, my fellow ruckers. I hope you're all well and staying safe. Yes, I did just say fellow ruckers. I got a message from a fan saying how they enjoyed last week's show with Kevin and signed off with your fellow rucker. So I thought, why not? If Gaga fans are called her monsters and Justin Bieber fans are called believers, then I can have ruckers. Let me know what you think. So another week has gone and some of the rules have been relaxed in the UK and I believe that from Monday we can meet in groups of six. Now, doing a bit of research, it does appear that scientists are really against this. But walking around when I take our dog for a walk, it seems that people are doing this anyway, or at least sitting very close to other groups. But I have to say, I cannot wait to physically see friends and family again and just have a bit of change of scenery. Being part of an IGR league in rugby, we travel a lot to play against other teams, often out of season to do touch. But all this is postponed and who knows when training will start again. Hopefully the season can start in September, but I for one need the gyms to open before then as I'm really struggling to stay on top of fitness. So if anyone has any tips for staying active, let me know. Okay, so this week we virtually travel to the beautiful country that is New Zealand. Here we speak to Richard, who is originally from China, where he says it was very difficult to be openly gay. But moving to New Zealand, he has found a loving and supportive community where he has been able to blossom. Now in the UK, we are very fortunate that we are now a tolerant country and in most parts accept people regardless of sexuality. But I have to say that when I was growing up in Milton Keynes, I really struggled to find my own identity and I barely ever spoke about my sexuality. And I'm sure I've said this before, but Melton Keynes didn't have a gay scene, barely even a gay bar. And so there was nowhere I felt safe to be myself. All this time, I wasn't out to my family or most of my friends. So it wasn't until I moved to uni that I felt secure to be my own self. But every time I went back to Melton Keynes, especially to see my dad and his family, I felt embarrassed to show my true self. So Austin had to turn down my campness and not to mention any gay events or activities I was part of at uni. But as it turns out, my dad had known for a while when I finally told him a few years later. But even today when I go back there, I never really feel as confident as I do now here in Manchester. So it's now time to introduce today's guest. And if you do relate to his story, let me know via Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Hi, um, my name is Richard and I'm from New Zealand, Auckland. Um, so I am a um, rugby player for New Zealand Falcons. Um, so we are one of the LGBT inclusive rugby team in Auckland. Um, so my personal work is vet nurse. Um, so I've, I'm a qualified vet nurse in New Zealand. But I'm still doing some studies to um, sort of advance my career. Um, so currently I'm a full-time student as well. So I do my full-time study and part-time work as a vet nurse. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about me. When you decided to come out, could you explain what year it was so people understand like the time frame? And what experiences did you have when you were coming out to your family and friends? So the first thing is I haven't come 
like come out to my family yet because um, my family is still back in China. So I'm um, from China um, originally. And um, so my family is still in China and I haven't really talked about it, about my sexual orientation with them. So it will be interesting to know how my parents are going to react to my sexual orientation. Um, but yeah, I can tell they are very conservative. They will have a big shock. Um, and, but I did come out to all my friends and also public um, in 2014. So that was the year I was down in Palmerston North. It's a small city in New Zealand. Um, it's kind of like a student city. Um, so basically it's just a university there and nothing else. Um, so I was studying there and I was talking to one of my best friends uh, down there and he is gay. So he actually, I think he just kind of felt I'm gay at the time. And then he said, Richard, so if you actually have a girlfriend of you, do you want to have sex with her? And I was like, no. And then he literally turned around and said to me, you are gay. And I was like, I actually thought about it. I was like, yes, I am gay because I actually had a back in China like when I was 16 I had a feel like I just like to get close to boys I feel like safe and secured if I stand next to a boy instead of a girl and also I feel like I always can make friends with girls but it's hard to so far if some boys like the tall and good looking one in the school I'll be like I really I was quite shy to get close, like sort of get close to them and want to sort of introduce myself. But I'm, I was really confident to introduce myself to a girl or talk to a girl about anything. So it's kind of like I was just being a girlfriend sort of type of guy at the time. And um, so it was quite interesting. So I started watching obviously gay porn when I was 16 and I didn't want to call myself gay at the time because there was not such a word in China to say like you are gay or that, that was not even a thing because gay has always been something that you should feel bad when it's in a Asian cultural um so that's how I feel so I never really recognized myself um, gay and then I came to New Zealand as I said that so I was studying in Palmy and I was talking to my friend and he think he thought I'm gay and then I came out and I was talking to my friends like oh yeah just to sort of like start getting the conversation with the friend just let them know I'm gay and all the people are actually very friendly and kind to me even they know I'm gay like um it was a surprise for me because I thought I would be shame or someone gonna be shame on me because I was gay well I'm still gay actually um so I was very very surprised by the environment surrounding me at the time um so that was kind of like I'm um built me up to talk in the public 
and told people I'm gay and I'm proud of myself. Um, so that was the time I actually, I confirmed my identity to say, yes, I am gay. And then I came to Auckland about four, three years ago, I think four years ago, yes, that was the first time I started, um, I started doing my vet nursing studies. Um, so I came to Auckland, I did my vet nursing studies and I graduated and I went to work. And because I worked, so my study and my work are quite far away. So I had to move to somewhere close to my work. And then I decided to move into a place where the landlord gonna be, or flatmate and landlord um, are gay. So um, the people that I lived at the time was actually a gay couple. So they were so nice and they we still keep in contact and because they are kind of like my gay parents. Um, so that's kind of the, the recent change in my life because um, one of the guy is very, very outspoken type of but I'm I'm sort of generally I'm outspoken but in terms of like talking about my sexual orientation I was very shy so he actually told me a lot about um my dressing like the dressing style like I was wearing like shit cloth and um just just you know like in terms of you you just didn't express your identity and also I was very scared of to to wear the stuff that like fabulous or colorful that I was just very scared to wear those things on the street. I, I, I was, com, com, I would say I was comfortable to tell people I'm gay, but I was not confident to show people I am gay. And so that was the time he actually introduced me to drag race as well. Um, obviously Mama Rue is one of the thing I just can't forget for my whole life. Um, so I, that was the time I kind of started being confident to be who I am. And I was very active in the LGBT community. That's how I started playing rugby as well at the same time. So it was fantastic that I just feel like I'm safe, like I'm in a safe place. I'm, I have really good friends to support me and it was just, you know, like you've never been through this for the last 17 or 18 years. And this is the, this was the first time that I've been through this and it was just so nice. And all of a sudden I changed a lot in terms of the way, how I speak, how I talk to people, how I, um, how I was confident speaking to public regarding my sexual orientation or my identity or my cultural background and um also I was dressing so I so for now I don't care even like I just wear whatever I want to go out and see people if people stare at me because my clothes is a bit strange then they can just keep staring at me I don't care about what they think because obviously I'm who I am I can't change that so I sort of like get more comfortable and confident to engage into a lot of um, LGBT events and LGBT society sort of um, knew a lot of people and getting 
um, the network build up. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I think I came out. It's quite interesting. I didn't have any sort of um, being discriminated or being sort of racist because I am Asian, I am gay. But um, I think this is kind of different from some people that I've met before. Like they just, um, I've heard some bad story about they have been abused or discriminated very badly or even like, be like got um physically abused by someone because the person is gay and that was just horrendous but i have never been through that so i would i feel like i'm so lucky that i can have um what i have now without any traumatic story that's amazing and thank you for, for sharing all that and it, it's great to kind of no get worries. to people's experiences um, just thinking about, because I know you mentioned that in China being gay is kind of, you don't really talk about it. Um, like you said, you don't really have a word to describe that orientation. What is it like being gay in New Zealand? Um, it's definitely different. It's definitely more open-minded here. But I can tell there is still discrimination, um, obviously, because... Um, you can tell some people that I worked with just didn't like my identity, even I didn't care. But um, it being gay is definitely more safe, like it's safer and it's more inclusive in New Zealand. Um, because we have the celebration here, we have Pride Festival, we have, we, and also that legislation here has helped a lot as well. Obviously, you cannot discriminate anyone for any reason um, due to their sexual orientation, their race, their um, background or their cultural. So um, it's definitely safer and it's definitely um, something that you can express your colour and your personality in a public. I... I would encourage people to do that, but sometimes I just feel like if you are like, um, it's kind of for me, I'm really confident to show my identity in the public here. So <laughs> probably it's different from other people, but yeah. So definitely it's different. I can 100% confident to say it's safer in New Zealand. And you keep saying about you being confident. Have you always been confident about who yourself? Or would you say that since coming out and being with the people around you who are gay, has that helped you? Um, I think I I was, I kind of, I'm usually confident with stuff, like in terms of my studies or my, my lifestyle, my social network, the things I've done, I've organised or like, so... I'm usually confident, but I was not confident to talk about my sexual orientation at uh, when I before I came out. Well, actually, I would say before I met my gay parents, I was not confident because it was, you know, how it felt like back in for in China for the last sixteen, like for the sixteen years I was in China, like this is a thing that public are not happy about or i would say they would never accept a man to be a gay or um homo like homosexuality 
is it is not a crime first thing i need to clarify that people thought um homosexuality is a crime in china but it's not it's just a um social how do i put um how do i address this it's kind of like the the social acceptance is just very bad so people don't accept you as gay um and in common sense people just don't like gay and they don't want to be a friend with a homosexual doesn't matter if you are gay or lesbian or whatever like bisexual like so that's reason why people do the stuff like they want a man have a sex with another man needs to be done under the table or they just go to a little gay um sauna or whatever like they they still have that in china but it's so people always link gay to hiv which it's kind of like a stigma as well um that's what we always talk about because people think oh you are gay yes you are a hiv carrier so um that's the other thing that probably scare people a lot um back in china but i think it's definitely changing now because um some of my chinese friend know i'm gay and they are still happy like i would say young generation is fine it's just the old generation is kind of still living in the old school style and they just they want accept um gay forever i would say and do you think there would ever be a time where you could go back to china and still feel as confident as you are now i am pretty confident on the street like if i actually express myself like sort of doing my makeup where am my makeup and where am my dress on the street i'll be sweet because i think people because from for now it's different because i don't care i don't care about what they feel about me because i know they are wrong if they feel like if they judge me or they stare at me for whatever reason i would just ignore it um it's not an issue for me now because i'm confident enough to protect myself and being who I am because I have the feeling for myself now this is not my fault this is their fault if they don't like me that's their problem not my problem even if you went back to China you'd still have that confidence yeah yeah I do still have the confidence now yeah great because okay, so it's still a crime yeah so that's the reason why people can't really call police because you are gay <laughs> and do you do you often go back to china um i did i um due to the coronavirus thank corona i can't go back to china um this year but i just recently went the last time i went back was in december last year yeah do you have to turn it down a little bit when you go and see your family i think so i need to turn it down for my family but not for anything else <laughs> cuz after i like i left cuz my family is in nanchan it's like the capital city of southeast china and um that's the only reason why i turned it down a little bit but after like cuz i i took the flight to shanghai and i took another flight from shanghai to nanchan and then when i came back i went to shanghai again cuz i need to take my flight back to new zealand um so when i was in shanghai i was just absolutely like here we go this is me again i can be myself again and all my friends were like richer finally you can be yourself again and you were totally different for the last 10 days <laughs>
what was your perception of sport at that time? So, actually, I have a long like and hate, sort of love and hate story with sport. <laughs> so, when I was, um, I think that was when I was in kindy or primary school, well, early childhood time, I was um, asked to go to the swimming, sort of, my dad just brought me to swimming school very, very early when I was probably about six or seven year old. And so I had to go to swimming school every single day, I'm pretty sure, or like at least, at least four times a week. Um, and every single training was about two hours. Um, so the reason why my dad was doing that because he wants to have a son love sport, just be very enjoying the sport side of fun because he wants, you know, like people always like back in Asian culture, like they want to build up a child like as masculine as they can if it's a boy and if it's a um girl then that's completely different but um i was obviously i'm boy so i had to do some sport and also because my classmates are all doing some sort of um interested training so we call it interest training basically we are not interested in these things but the parents decided to make them as an interest for us so we had to go through this so my parents chose me um chose swimming for me so I had to go through that and I did I didn't do badly I think I did pretty well um so they decided so my actually my coach was talking to my parents when I was about eight I think um they were talking to my parents about sending me for further training at a higher level um that will be sending me i think sending me to a place where all the provincial like because we i'm in a city so then it will the upper level will be province sort of provincial level and then um so i will be involved in with other students from other cities but in the same province um so we will do the competition there and then i would get further training and um, so that's the conversation they had at the time. And then my parents were like, oh, no, 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 because they don't want their kid going through the sport life for the next 20 years. Because sport life in training as an athlete in China is quite harsh and it's quite difficult and their life is not always fabulous like going to get the um award or medal like it's not always like that so um it's very competitive and it's very hard like you so that's the reason why they decided no 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 we are not thinking about that so they stopped my swimming training and then so they put me into something else i can't even oh they started getting me to play the piano um so that's the time i kind of like I hated sport because obviously I just feel like, geez, I've been thrown to this place 
swimming for the last two or three years and I didn't like it. I hate it. So I just, I was like, no, I'm not doing this again. Um, and then when I was at intermediate college, I think, yes, my dad um, started training me um, playing badminton. And I was like, oh, that's another challenge in my life now. Um, so I had to go to the badminton. It's not a, oh, yeah, because my dad just trained me by himself. So basically, we just go to the um, field every Saturday or Sunday. And then we get trained there for like three hours. And I was not very happy, but it's better than swimming. Um, so I was like, okay, I can cope with this. So we did the, um, the badminton, but obviously once you finish the intermediate school, you need to go through another high school entrance exam. Um, it's very competitive again, because it's in China. Um, so that's the time we stepped down from the badminton training and we just completely, I think we completely stopped after, um, I think after the finish, after I finished my second year at intermediate college. And so I need to prepare for my high school entrance exam. So I finished my um, entrance exam and then going to high school, then that's the time I think people, so all the parents in China will never send their kids to a sports um, sort of training or whatever um, in that sort of period, because that's the, the most competitive and that's the life-changing time so you just need to focus on your study and prepare for the university entrance exam and if you can't get that right then your life gonna be really hard like because if you can't get into a good university then your life won't be good pretty much that's what parents always tell you um so i didn't do any sport when i was in high school um, so I finished it and I didn't finish my high school and I came to New Zealand and I studied in Auckland for a while, for a year. And I didn't really, did I do any sport? No, I didn't. Cause I just hated the sport. I was like, no, I'm not doing sport anymore in my whole life. Um, until I, I think I, until I started, um, moving with my gay parents and then we start I will start thinking about okay so um there is a gay rugby team that's how I found on Google pretty much um okay there is a gay rugby team so what can I do to my community this is LGBT community and I looked into the gay involved and I found okay they're looking for some volunteer I saw they're looking for player but obviously as an Asian slim Asian or average Asian boy I would never think about play start playing rugby and I just literally skipped that part and looking underneath that was looking for an, an administrative officer so I was like okay so I'm gonna apply for that position and I sent an email to them and they were like oh um, we are actually not looking for any admin stuff at the moment we just need player I would encourage you to come and just um, have a fun time with us and see how you get on with rugby. And I was like, no, 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 I've never played rugby 
in my whole life. Like I've never played it. How I gonna do this? Like, and also I know rabbit is a full con. It's a full contact role, and it's I will just get manipulated on the field. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then he sent another email back to me. Um, Niall, yeah, that was Niall. Niall was saying, um, I encourage you to come because I know that most people don't, has never had an experience with rugby in the past. And 50% of the team has never played rugby before. They still like getting trained and they are pretty happy to play for the team. And I was like, okay, I give a go because that will be a time I can sort of socialize with people and build up the network and know more people. Because I didn't know my, many people in like many LGBT member here, so I was like, okay, that will be a good chance to know people. And I was like, okay, so I went and I just played for the last two years, even now, I think, <laughs> and that just kind of like. You know that the time goes fast. And looking back, in terms of where you were when you were younger and your love hate story, how has that changed to now? How do you feel about sport now? I am still. I the the reason I'm doing the sport. One thing is I can socialize with the people I like because、um, I love my team. It's like a family, so I do like the sport because I've. I think sport in overall definitely is a good thing because it gives you the health, it gives you the、um, team sort of building, and also give you a family feeling and a good stress relief in terms of your mental health. So, in total, I would definitely a hundred percent say I will continue to play some sort of sports in my life.、Um, definitely not giving up. And how do you think that the gay rugby team, since you've been with them, how has it changed you in terms of your confidence, in terms of your、uh, perhaps your fitness or your sort of people skills? Has it made any impact? Yes, it did a hundred percent again.、Um, so I so before I played, so as I mentioned, I didn't know many、um, gays in Auckland or like New Zealand. Like, In this country, I didn't know many,、um, even local like Kiwi friends. That's what we call.、Um, and after I started playing, I get to know more people and get exposed, like either for marketing purposes and for、um, like joint contribute back to the community.、Um, we're doing condom packing as well, so we do get exposed quite a lot. And I am very proud to say that I'm proud to. Tell people I'm part of Falcons and I'm a Falcon player. So, a hundred percent, it changed the way how I express myself in the public in any way, because、um, it's kind of just build up your confidence to to tell people where what you have been through. And yeah, a hundred percent, because the people in my team they are all very out. Spoken like they are all. I reckon most people are extrovert in the team. So everyone's kind of we talk about shits all the time, but we are just lovely people, and we are kind of sharing the idea, and we do encourage each other to speak out for good things. 
And have you ever had any backlash against it, any homophobia since being in the team or anything that you're being exposed to? Um, I have never had homophobic um, history with the team. I mean, within the team, definitely no, that's zero, because if anyone's homophobic, they will be kicked out straight away. Um, but we did have some um, sort of small accident with other local team or oh, some people sometimes you will hear when you are playing on the field you will hear people or oh, those faggots or those gays and those you know like sometimes they were just being like they were just like belittle you because you are gay so you won't play good and they were just like oh they're just faggots so we can win this game that's how sometimes you get the feedback feedback from the local team and is that relatively recent or is it that was um about two i think the first year i played i think but some eventually you will get some sort of this sort of message from the other team it's not very uncommon but it's not very common but it's not very uncommon so it's kind of like three times a year maybe yeah and how does it make you feel when you hear these comments Oh, they are just bastard. <laughs> I would just be very, I would just ignore that message because that, and also that's the same as what our captain told us. If they belittle us, we need to be bigger and we need to be stronger and smash them hard. So we're going to try to put all the anger into the rugby ball and start playing the rugby and just because. The only way how you're going to fight back is playing better and playing good to fight them back rather than just, because um, there is no point to just fight with them like physically or verbally abusing each other on the field. That's not the way how we should be. And that's not how we, as the gay sort of representative, we shouldn't be like that because we need to teach people we are what is correct. So um, we usually either will tell them straight away, like, this is not okay, or um, sometimes some people decide to just ignore it. Like, sometimes I do ignore it as well because we won't see them anymore. And they are some, sometimes if they are kind of nice people, then we will definitely tell them, like, this is not something we should say and to educate them um, what is right. Yeah. So what's your experience when you're part of an IGR team, but sometimes play maybe other IGR teams or even non-IGR teams within a league? That's, a, that's an interesting one because at the end of the day, this is uh, their own committee's decision if they want to join IGR or not. Um, but for me, there is no issue being either IGR team or not non-IGR team because um, at the end, end of the day, we just have fun rugby we are here to play rugby we are not here for dramas um so either either is fine it's just i think regarding the igl not igl the the main difference will be paperwork i reckon and also marketing wise because obviously the non-igl team will not be able to put igr on their shirt they shouldn't put that um and also the network will be different 
obviously because you are not part of IGR so you won't get update or news from IGR and you won't be able to participate IGR games or any purchase cards like similar sort of affiliated game as well like affiliated event because um, you are not part of IGR so you cannot apply to be part of that game so we we inv um, from what I understand is we invited um, the other team before to play um, it's just because we we are the only two teams in New Zealand so there is definitely um, something that we can arrange but it's due to the distance because um, Auckland to Christchurch is about one hour and 25 minutes flight and it's usually quite expensive to just travel that one hour and 25 minutes um, so due to the commitment and distance we have never had a game match in the past but that's still something I think Falcons is working on because Obviously, we want to provide an inclusive team or place for the sport, like for the rugby player to be in. We are not here to judge each other. We are here for rugby and we are here for fun and we are here for a safe reason. So I know we mentioned it before at the beginning about um, tournaments that you've been involved with. Can you explain a little bit about how it feels to be part of these tournaments that are predominantly IGR teams? Um, so I was very, very excited just before I even go there. Like before I went there, I was so excited because Purchase Cup was my first rugby um, cup I've done in my life. And I just couldn't believe I can do this. That's the first thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to Brisbane to play a rugby cup that I've never thought about in my life anytime. Um, and I was very proud to represent um, as part of Falcons and also part of New Zealand because we are the only IGR team in New Zealand. So there will be no other team from the same country and to play in this game um so that was fantastic when we arrived at brisbane we all like um brisbane hustler was so good and they organized all the accommodation the travel so once we arrived we just went to hotel straight away and um to have a rest and then get training undergoing like pretty much after lunch straight away um and we because as you know I don't know if you know about New Zealand obviously Maori culture is something that we are always emphasizing um so we did haka training like haka performance as well because it's building up the team strength and it's a cultural culturally mentally supporting our team like the team team bond like bonding the whole team it's a cultural um way to do it um so we did haka and um we started training in a park in brisbane because um it was quite hot at the time because it's i think it was summer in brisbane at the time and um so we i think the game has gone for three days in total 
because the first the first night was just between a couple of shield candidates like shield the team that joined the shield level um so they were playing the first games and um and then the second we played from the second day and um so unfortunately we lost to the first game and we were very upset because we are representing new zealand we thought we would be the best in rugby and people always saying all blacks is fabulous and they're amazing and we didn't have a good start but we were considering like so we're gonna see if we can get number three and um so we had another game in the afternoon and unfortunately again we didn't win that game as well so um i think that was the the main upset thing i've had in brisbane like the whole purchase card because we didn't win anything um but apart from the game wise it was great like we just socialized all the teams and all the players from australia and um Brisbane Hustler organized a dinner and they organized an after party. So we had a lot of supporter and sponsors coming over and we had the water polo guys from uh, the water polo team in Brisbane and they came as well. Um, so we just had fabulous time. It was just amazing. I will never forget. I've done this in my life, really. And is it like a regular tournament? Do they are they going to do? Yes, it again? we're going to do again. I'm, if I am right, the next one should be in New Zealand. The next one will be in Auckland in next year, so 2021. Yeah, because we do Bingham Cup one year and Purchase Cup one year, and then Bingham Cup and Purchase. So Purchase is doing the year that we don't have Bingham Cup. Yeah. That's amazing, and it'll be a great opportunity for New Zealand as well. Yes, exactly, because we, um, it will be a time that we're going to show people. Yes, so now this is our home field, and all the people going to be from Australia. So they will ne have never been trained in New Zealand or on a New Zealand land. So that will be interesting, and I'm very looking forward to it. Because it's kind of the similar here, like I mentioned before, we have the Union Cup, yeah. which is the European version of the Bingham Cup. Yeah. And it's always a great opportunity to meet other gay teams within Europe area. Um, and next year, um, when it's the same format as yours, so one year will be Bingham and the next year will be Union Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the next Union Cup is in Birmingham, which is um, not too far away from Manchester in the UK. Yeah. So, again, that will be a really, really good And also the turnout of things. the attendance of those sort of cup is way better than Bingham Cup from what I understand. Um, obviously, because it's small, it's kind of like regional. So people will be, it's easier for people to travel and it's, exactly yeah so people just and also it's less um in terms of cost it will be lower and it's cheaper so people definitely cannot it's more affordable for people to go and also you can take less leave because for canada i was thinking to go but oh, imagine how much leave i'm gonna take and how much study i'm gonna miss <laughs> yeah it was the same here we would have had to do you know at least a week over there yeah um, whereas in 
Birmingham, it's like just over an hour away from Manchester. Oh, you can even so, drive. Yeah. Yeah, we, we probably would drive um, or at least get the train. But, you know, you could spend as little or as long as you wanted and it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So just to kind of come towards the end of the uh, interview, I know that you mentioned you really like RuPaul. Uh, uh-huh. So the next question, um, if you could go back in time and meet your younger self, what words of wisdom and advice would you give to yourself? I would just tell myself, do not care about what other people say and just be who you are. Do not, just ignore the people that you have been through. Like, in terms of the way how I expressed it in the past, I would just be like, to be honest, I was silly. I shouldn't just judge myself. I should just think about, yes, this is who I am. I'm not changing myself but due to your perception, your perception or your person, like the other people's perception. And yeah, that's pretty much because I was scared of my um, identity because I was very shy about talking um, identity, talking about sexual orientation. So yeah, I think be brave and be who you are. That's the main message I will pass to younger myself. And finally, thinking about who might be listening, it might be somebody in New Zealand um, or it might be somebody around the world that may have had a similar upbringing Mm -hmm. to you in terms of cultural differences. What advice would you give to them if they were thinking about joining maybe a gay rugby team or even just a gay sports team in general? Um, So one thing is find a safe space. That's the one thing to have the open conversation with someone that you are confident to have the chat with. I would say some... Uh, most of young people are very confident to um, to express who they are at the moment. Um, so just talk to a person that you are usually hang out with and just let them know that you are gay. People will just don't be petrified that people will judge you. Um, most of the time people won't even, even give any comment about you are gay they will just encourage you to be who you are secondly if you have any if you are suffering from any mental issue or have any problem in being who you are or you can't find anyone that you are confident to talk about just talk to the local rainbow line Um, like in New Zealand we have outline which is a rainbow LGBT service line and I believe most English-speaking country would have a rainbow line in their um, country. So just talk to those profession and they have been through, probably they have been through the same experience as you had. So they will give you the best advice they can and help you go through this period. It's, it's hard, but it's of something that we can definitely go over because um, I know it's very hard for some people to speak out, but don't be afraid. We are here to help. As I said, we are supporting each other. We respect our thoughts and we are just being safe for everyone. So that's what I would advise a person that having to come out and they are very scared. Well, listen, Richard, I, I'm so appreciative of everything that you've been speaking to today and I'm sure people listening have found your story 
really interesting because it's not every day that you kind of get to hear somebody from New Zealand, um, let alone the kind of cultural battles that you've been having in your life. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, these have been really interesting stories from Richard. And if you want to share your story or opinion, head over to Instagram at Podcast or on Twitter. And finally, a huge thank you to those of you who have voted Rock My Life Podcast for the BBC Podcast of the Year Listener's Choice 2020. But if you haven't, there is still time to head over to bbcpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and then search for Rock My Life Podcast and make sure you confirm your email. Thank you. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's show. A big thank you to Richard for sharing his story and good luck to the New Zealand Falcons in their new season. I've been Christian John, and this has been Rock My Life.